Hello, we're at Momocon 2014, and uh, happy to be joined by Dante Bosco. Uh, Dante, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Definitely, thank you. Uh, how are you enjoying Momocon so far? Hey, it's the first day of the weekend, and it's so far so good. It's awesome. We had a great panel on Avatar. I was able to do an autograph signing. It's my first time in Atlanta, so uh, so far so good. Excellent. Do you have any projects going on right now that you can talk to us about? Um, yeah, you know, there's certain things you can't talk about because you do get in trouble, but uh, there's always things we're working on. Um, I have a production company in Hawaii called Kinetic Films, which is an Asian American Pacific Islander company, and uh, we've done our first three, three films, released our first film called Hang Loose. We have two films coming out soon, which is uh, Man Up with Kev Jumba and Justin Chong, then uh, a drama that I, that I star in called Paradise Broke that's coming out, and we're about to shoot another film called Red Roses with AJ Raphael. Fantastic. So, you know, with your prior work, how does the, how does the new stuff that you're working on, how does that tie in with your past stuff? Anything, anything fun and fantasy-like, or what are, the, what are the genres of it? Yeah, there's also another, I mean, there's so many different things that, like, you know, there's a, like, in my career, I've been around for, like, the better part of the last three decades now, which is crazy to even say as it comes out of your mouth. Um, and then, as this whole new age of digital media has happened, you find your, oh, I found myself, uh, kind of seeing where where I have kind of like a a good name and leveraging, um, and started to create projects in those worlds. And it happens to be the Asian American uh, world, and then also this uh, I like to think of as the fandom kind of world. Um, so we have stuff that we're producing in that in that end, and then stuff in the fandom end. So in the the sci-fi fantasy kind of world, we uh, I have a company called Fandom Society where we do events. Specifically for the fandom world, we did our first uh, event called the Cosplay Ball in LA at the Supper Club, which is like the biggest club in Los Angeles, and we threw this big cosplay ball in the middle of April, which kind of like, people are like, what is going on here? And it was awesome. Uh, so we're about to launch our online presence for that company. And then um, there's a bunch of other projects we're working on. I just did a thing with Tilt to Five about these gamers that should be premiering uh, to pilot. They should be premiering at E3 this year um, about... Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it, but it's, it's I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> but it's like a pilot that is about a super crew being put together to uh, win the League of, Legend, Legends, League of Legends championships. And uh, starring myself, along with like, Quentin Aaron from the, from the Blind Side, and a handful of other of us from the gaming world and cosplay world, uh, a misfit crew gets put together. So that's coming out. And um, crazy things, we're putting together this uh, animated project, which is like the Rufio story. So we're dabbling in that world, and we'll be going out pitching that sometime soon also. Very cool. Very cool. I was curious, what first led you to acting? Uh, my whole life I was a performer, and um, we started, me and my brothers, uh, at the very entry level of the entertainment industry, which is basically street performing. So in the 80s, we were breakdancers in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, and from that we got picked up to dance with San Francisco Ballet Company, also danced for the 49ers and Oakland A's and, you know, opened up for acts that came to town, and we became like the one of the most popular uh, breakdancing groups in the 80s, um, and that kind of started the whole thing, and that led us moving to L.A. and kind of, we thought we came to town as dancers, but quickly became actors. Um, and it's so weird to think because like all that happened, you know, I think I moved to LA when I was 10. So all the dancing was happening pre-10. So it's crazy. Also, go Niners. Huh? Go Niners. I love Yeah, go Niners. Niners. Of course. We're looking good. We're looking good. Finally. Finally, we're back. After a long time. Yes.
So, you know, you mentioned you mentioned the uh, game. We were talking before the interview. Really sorry about, you know, playing some chess and getting yeah. the game going. Right, so how, how into games are you? You know, I'm getting more. I'm trying to get back into games. Um, I, I'm also co-producing a video game. It's all a lot of things we're doing. We're a company called Leviathan. Uh, and Leviathan is a, a gaming company. These two cat, cats, Hans and uh, Garrett, they came from the app world and they started this gaming uh, production that I came in and I'm helping them produce their first big game. They did some smaller games, but it's a cyber, a cyberpunk, um, MM, they gave me the words, MM, or Jeeves, I don't know. It's a game player. It's like a four-player game. Nice. And, and that's, uh, we're looking forward to kind of having that out. We just have to splice together, and we've been pitching that to Sega, Sony, and all that kind of stuff. So that's been cool. Getting involved in producing that game really got me back into the gaming kind of mindset. Uh, going to E3 last year, going to E3 again this year, and uh, just kind of getting a feel of, you know, we, the weird thing about gaming, right? When we're kids, um, we're deep into games. and Right. Then, you get to a certain place where you kind of get out of it, and then it kind of kind of creeps back in, and you fight it a little bit because you just don't want to, you know. This that's tons of hours that you're going to be throwing, not throwing away, but that you're going to be allocating to games that you're like, my day, I don't have enough hours as it is. But so you know, but I have my Sony Vita with me, and I'm constantly playing that. And and other things, I'm actually reading. What's also waiting? I'm reading a book right now called Ready Player One. Uh, Ernst Klein, which is an amazing game. I mean, it's an amazing book, and it's all about the gaming of the 80s. If you haven't read it yet, you got to check this book out. It's awesome. What's your favorite Vita game? Well, different things. Growing up, I mean, home console, it's like Mega Man was one of my favorites for sure, uh, if not the favorite. Um, my brothers, there's a lot of us, so we grew up playing a lot of sports games, whether it be Madden or you know basketball. Uh, and again, I'm like of the generation with the original video games. So, you know, Pac-Man, Dig Dug, Donkey Kong, um, Joust. Like, these are the games that we put a lot of time. I mean, we're, we come from the generation where we use quarters. You know, that was our generation. Uh, as things kind of progressed, of course, Street Fighter, big one for everybody. Um, but I just went recently went to an arc, uh, this bar in L.A. called 82, which is this great bar downtown, but it's all 80s video games. Or around that era in all quarters and uh, the most excited I was of the game that was there was Gauntlet nice Gauntlet dude nice it's awesome so, and did it still take quarters yeah it's all take quarters it's the quarter machine that you just go into quarter and it's quarter to continue but I forgot how much I love Gauntlet such a good game it's such a good game which you got to be the character you want to be which, which class do you play uh, what? Which class? I I don't even know. Like, what do you mean? There's like uh, elf and wizard. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Elf. I, I like either the elf or the um, the dude with the axe. Okay. That's growing up. That's what it was. You know, you really want to be the girl, and the wizard didn't seem that sexy growing up. But now thinking back, you know, you got Harry Potter. The wizard doesn't sound that bad. Right. You know, you got now you have all these cool wizards with Harry Potter and with um with uh. The, the Hobbit and all that kind of stuff where you, you, the wizards are cool now. Yeah. So I guess the wizards are not bad. So where are you currently playing? I know, you, I know you're working on your own, so there's not a lot of play time. Where are you currently playing? Um, I'm playing Gravity Rush on my Vita a lot. I can't get through it. I'm playing Assassin's Creed. Uh, I'm still playing Mega Man. I, I downloaded Mega Man. Fantastic. So that, that's going. I'm playing FIFA. Uh, 
the the latest FIFA and the latest uh, baseball to show. So the, I mean, I got Mortal Kombat play that a little bit, um, but Gravity Rush is kind of like what I've been playing, and I kind of love that story. And it's cool. And now, and it's cool now to play girls. That's the other weird thing. When you're younger, you don't ever want to be the princess, you know. But now it's like I don't know. It's all the gaming world's kind of changed. It's like super cool to be girls. Yeah, I actually have a. Uh, I just started on Final, Final Fantasy fourteen, and I created a female elf. And she's hot. She's I mean, hot. She's freaking hot. So it's like, if you're gonna spend a hundred hours with a character, you, you might as well be with a girl. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the gravity rush girl is super hot. And um, and I'm you know because of the League of Legends pilot, like I'm starting to get into League of Legends. I'm not that good at it yet, but it's uh that's that's a goal to kind of get. That's the other thing you got to get to a goal. These games are getting so big that you know they're actually seriously esports. So you have to if you want to you know the guy competitive part of you is like just like playing basketball or football or wrestling or whatever we did. It's like you want to get good at it so you can actually compete on a. I mean, not a pro level, but compete amongst your friends. You want to beat them. That's it. Who would you say has had the biggest impact on your career? Uh, well, you know, I think, you know, I studied for a lot of years. So I had an acting coach that probably had a really big impact, um, especially in my formative years as an actor. I studied acting for a better part of 20 years um, and in conservatory. So... This woman was very, very influential as just an artistic uh, person. The, the great thing that she did for, for me and my brothers, who are all artists to this day, is really, you know, she kind of helped us become artists. And what I say that is because we come from a very blue-collar neighborhood where breakdancing in the streets. And um, and when, when a, a kid gets involved in the arts and he really understands, like, this is really, I really equate a lot to, like, the Harry Potter world, that... You become a wizard, and you're open up this whole new world, and that's the world of the arts. And it, it's you got to go through that as an artist. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's a world that we live in, and then once you become part of this other world, then you see everything else that is possible, and uh, and not just you know what you can get with the money you make, but I'm just saying like the idea of being able to create, which has become my career, not only just film and television, theater, uh, video games. Uh, art, music, the ability that that's always there. Just like Harry Potter, it's just it's there. It's just like a lot of people don't see it until you until someone can unlock that world for you. Fantastic. From a, you've talked about your creative side. And one thing I've all I found out with just about everyone I've talked to has a very creative side. They also yeah. have a side of them that is either I, I've talked to artists that were lawyers on the side that were, you know, right. doctor, you know, they, whatever, some other field. What what about for you? Is there any is there anything you gravitate toward that's not on the creative side? Yeah, I mean, we were talking about that before, and I was like, I'm really based around a lot of the creative stuff, but I'm kind of a closet-like tech geek. You know, I'm really into tech. You know, before I go to sleep every night, which is freaking funny, is like I, I read Gizmodo, BGR Report, you know, Boy Genius Report, uh, and Gadget, uh, I mean, those are like the top three. I mean, I'll read like 9 to 5 Mac. I don't even have my Blackberry anymore, but I still read Crackberry like weekly. 
I don't know why I still love my Blackberry. <laughs> I miss I miss my Blackberry. The stupid trackball. I have to put it on my desk. <laughs> and I and I have you know, I, I downloaded BBM on my on my iPhone, so I'm still like I still love Blackberry. I don't know how they blew it, you know? I'm like, how did you guys blow it? That's core, man. They got away from the trackpad. They got away from the trackpad. <laughs> I don't know what they did. They screwed up. <laughs> but I still got love for the Blackberry. Um, so I guess I'm kind of a tech guy. I'm like, I'm wearing a narrative right now, so narrative's like my new thing. But I mean, all these wearables, I'm really super interested if the wearables are going to take off. Uh, I got a Pebble watch. I'm not really into Google Glass yet. Google Glass? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, you know, I like it. I like the idea of it. But to go, it's not got, It's not there yet. It's like, I mean, is it even the there? Buzz. They missed the bus. Well, it's, it's public release now. They actually have it to where everybody can now get in on the beta. It's fifteen hundred bucks still. For but, what? Yeah, it's like hey, who's wearing that? Nobody. There's got to be a better. Sergio and Larry. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So I mean, so I'm a tech guy. I, be, I, I stay up to date on all the tech stuff. Uh, I probably buy too much. I probably buy too much new tech that I end up going. Why did I buy this? Which I can't think of the latest thing. This is. I'm still on the fence about the narrative. It's cool. Like blogging, it's about 85% super bad pictures, but it's like, you know, this jogs things in your memory. I don't know. It's not there there yet. It's like all the wearables. I'm yeah. not sure they're all there. It's yet. like the watches. You know, it's like they're a really great idea, almost. The Pebble, you know, at least it's cost efficient. It's not, you don't think about it too much, but then, you know, it's, I don't know. It's like, do you need it? I don't know. I'm not 100% sold on it, but I still buy them. I'm not 100% sold on the iPad, and I've had two. I switched over off the iPhone phone to the Note 3. And how did you feel about that? I, You know what? If Apple comes up with a big enough screen and a stylus, I'll probably go back to Apple. They're never going to have a stylus. They're, they're not going to have a stylus. Gonna, they're not going to do it. So. so you get the Note 3? Yeah, the Note 3. A buddy of mine, so he's on the white gloves program. Yeah. You know, so actors and stuff. So like, we'll put you on the white gloves program if you switch over. And I'm like, Ooh. am I going to switch over? I love the Note 3. Do you? Yeah, I love my Note 3. Not gonna lie, I, I switched from Apple to the Samsung S3, and then switched to the Note 3, and I wouldn't go back unless they could come up with something the same size. I might, you know, I went from BlackBerry. This is, this is how much I love BlackBerry. I went BlackBerry, then I had the first iPhone, then I went back to BlackBerry, <laughs> then I went back to the iPhone eventually. But I don't know. I still wish. I, kind of parts of the Black. You know what I love about the BlackBerry is that you can. I love to write, so I would blog. I'm like, I'm going to the Philippines, I did this whole thing, and I'm, like, and I'm doing like 2,000 word blogs on my Blackberry, like on a boat in the Philippines. Like, you can't do that on an iPhone. I just don't think you could be eloquent with an iPhone. That's where, that's where the, the Note 3, the screen size and the stylus really comes into play, because it's actually got the handwriting recognition in there. Right. So you're just writing like normal and it's grabbing and throwing. So. All right, so he's trying to sell me on that yeah, Samsung. Yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> trying to sell me on that Samsung. Dear, dear Samsung, I mean, uh, will take position and sells. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're running low on time. Uh, I wish we could talk to you for a bit longer, but uh, I was curious. Do you have any charities that you support? Yeah, the Peace Project, um, peaceproject.com, and we, we're doing, we've been fundraising for the Philippines uh, for the Typhoon Haiyan, that relief fund. So I've been doing a bunch of uh, uh, fundraising in the Philippines, I mean, in Los Angeles and in New York. And so the great thing that I came up with them with is uh, Family for Families, where basically $500 pledge from you here, um, the small sacrifice in America, is going to be able to build a house for a family in the Philippines. 
And so we've been able to raise the money for the first village. We're going to go out there and build the first village of Santa Fe, which is 50-some-odd houses. But we're trying to build 200 houses in the next six months. So you can go to peaceproject.com, and you'll see uh, links of how to get to exactly that, the build a house for a family. Fantastic. Well, Dante, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoy the rest of the convention. Thank you. hope you do, too. Thanks.